Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. I want to welcome you, and uh, we want to give God thanks once again for allowing us uh, to meet with uh, the saints in fellowship around his word. And indeed, we are thankful to the Holy Spirit, who is the author of of the scriptures. And not only is he the author of the sacred text, that has been uh, provided to us. He is also the one who makes uh, or opens the word, opens our understanding so that we can receive the word of God. So our topic this morning is the biblical mind-body medicine, uh, understanding the power of pleasant words. Now, uh, I want you to understand that this study is parenthetical to uh, the eschatology that uh, we're teaching in uh, the, the book of Revelation. I want you, I want to contextualize uh, this message. And uh, I hope that by the end of this message, you will see why uh, I wanted to, at this uh, point, to bring this message in uh, for us so that we, uh, when I teach, I learn through the Spirit of God. And what you learn uh, of the Word of God by being filled with the Spirit, uh, it is my prayer that it changes your prayer life and your praise life and also those within your periphery uh, as well. Uh, because we want to propagate the ministry uh, through you as chosen vessels so that others would uh, profit as well. And so as they profit, then others will profit so that uh, we can multiply uh, the the impact of the Word of God. Because as you well know, uh, the Word of God is sorely needed today. So with that, let us have a word of prayer. We do thank you, Father, for this opportunity uh, to meet with your saints. We ask, Lord, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We know that if our hearts are filled with sin, that uh, we are not in fellowship with you, but that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so we thank you, Father, for that particular verse, and we ask for your guidance this morning as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to, uh, we're going to be studying from the book of Proverbs, but um, I'm going to start in Isaiah uh, chapter 50, because uh, the subject of 
mind-body medicine is not new. It is, in fact, an ancient topic. What is new is that uh, in Western science, uh, the mind and body were divided. And so, but in, in, in ancient uh, biblical, and <clears throat> uh, in, in, in the, in the ancient cultures, this was not the case. So the ancients uh, emphasized the unit, uh, unitary uh, uh, relationship of mind-body, not mind and body, but mind-body. And the ancients knew that what, what happened within the mind, they used the term, for instance, we're talking about uh, the Hebrew culture, uh, uh, that uh, grew up and matured in Western Asia. Uh, the emphasis was not so much on the mind as it was on the heart. Because the ancients knew that the heart uh, is the center of the person, the heart, the heart. And so uh, the mind was brought in, uh, but the heart is the center. So the, the emphasis was not so much on the cognitive or what in postmodern cultures called the executive function. Listen to that language, executive function. And so in the postmodern West, the emphasis is on executive function, i.e. mind, uh, from which uh, the, the other elements that comprise uh, the individual uh, arises as such. Now, uh, built upon an evolutionary foundation, <clears throat> it is interesting that they would use such terminology. But in the contemporary postmodern West, there's been a lot of study in consciousness research, in creating altars, and there's been a lot of research and success in splitting the personality and using the altars for nefarious deeds, etc. I'm not going to go into great detail about this technology, but I want you to know what is going on in the postmodern West. Now, <clears throat> when we look into the biblical materials, we discover something very powerful for the people of God to understand. Once again, there is unity of mind-body or the heart. And uh, so there's a, there's a connection uh, w between the heart and the reins or the kidneys, okay? The, the kidneys in the ancient culture uh, have, have a lot to do with emotion. The adrenal glands, which sit on top of the kidneys, have a lot to do with adrenal glands the adrenal glands. Now, uh, in naturalistic medicine, there, uh, it, it, there's an emphasis on understanding uh, the adrenal glands 
and they will talk about adrenal fatigue, whereas in postmodern medicine, uh, this is a, is a neglected topic. You need to understand why. Okay, so uh, and then there there is the gut, there there is the intestine that are also associated with emotions, trauma, and stress. We need to understand the importance of, of how the mind uh, impacts our physiology and uh, what this does to us. Understand that postmodern media uh, advocates and proponents love to perpetuate fear uh, and to keep people on edge. So the fear wears people out, creates worry and anxiety and apprehension. So after working all day uh, for one's family in order to make ends meet, what are you impacted with when you turn on the media? Uh, More fear, more anxiety. So uh, the individual uh, is pushed to uh, such an extent that he or she becomes overwhelmed, not knowing what to do. Well, this is what they want so that the individual will surrender uh, to what they want them to be. They want to control. And so they know through their many tests, and there are many beta tests. They, uh, they have figured out what to do and how to uh, pack people together in order to uh, despoil their freedom. Now, there are a few uh, videos out on what is going on in Shanghai and uh, what they're doing to people there. So... Uh, there are some old studies uh, and old plans are being implemented today. You need to read about the World Economic Council. You need to read about the Club of Rome. Uh, you, the World Economic Forum, uh, you need to learn something uh, uh, about the uh, the banking cartel. You need to read about these people. And as we study further in the book of Revelation, I'm going to give you more information about uh, about these particular groups. And I'm going to talk more about why America is a corporation. And it is very interesting that in the scripture, there are, Russia is mentioned, China is mentioned, but then scholars uh, used to wonder why there was no mention uh, of the United States or America in prophecy. Well, because it has been almost since its inception a corporation. So is the Bible uh, super accurate? Yes, it is. God knows the 
uh, end from the beginning. He knows what is going on. So Isaiah 50, verse 4, uh, speaks about Yeshua HaMashiach, or Jesus the Messiah. Verse 4, quote, The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. And so the word weary here means uh, those who are exhausted and fatigued. Those who are exhausted and fatigued. He awakens me morning by morning, awakens my ear to listen like one being taught. Now, here's an ancient method of instruction. Yes, uh, the written word existed at this time, but note here the the emphasis on the ear. Uh, uh, A long time ago when I took Christian education, uh, this was referred to as the ear gate, the ear gate. So, He awakens my ear to listen like one being taught. So the word taught here in Hebrew is lamud, lamud, and it means uh, instructed, instructed. It means also disciple or one who is taught a follower. Now in the New Testament, uh, mathetas in the Greek is a word that is used or that is transliterated as Disciple, disciple. And a disciple is one who has given up his own will and dedicated and dedicated himself to follow the will of his master or teacher. When the student is complete or he when he is finished, he will be like his master. Now for the believing community uh, Jesus is our master teacher. He is our super teacher. When we are complete, when we are uh, when we are finally conformed to the image of Christ, we will be like Him. And John writes, "For we shall see Him as He is. We will be in our glorified bodies. We will." judge men and we will judge angels. We will judge the world with Jesus. We have work to do Uh, in the book of Revelation. We have work to do. We will be active. We will be with him as God brings in uh, judgment or his wrath upon the world. The judgment of God results in wrath or God will pour out his uh, unrelieved indignation, his wrath upon the cosmic system that has rejected Christ. So Isaiah goes on. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears And I have not been rebellious. I have not drawn back. Now, 
and verse 6, the, the language uh, changes. Listen carefully. And again, this is about, this is a prophecy about Jesus. I offered my back to those who beat me. Sound familiar? And my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. Now, here uh, is a revelation that we do not uh, uh, see in the Gospels. But mind you, Isaiah has been called the fifth Gospel. So, my, and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. So this is a prophecy about our Lord. And I want you to note what Isaiah brings in first. Isaiah talks about the instructed ear. And Jesus was instructed in the word of the Lord. We must have the word of the Lord in our hearts. And notice what Isaiah records about what the Savior faced or would face and how the word prepared his heart for that type of suffering. The word made him whole. The word made him complete. The world would could uh, separate us from a, from the Lord, but because we are in Christ, the devil cannot exert a modifying influence upon us that would separate us from the living. Christ. So he makes us complete. Paul writes that you are complete in him. I want to emphasize that as we talk about mind-body medicine. Paul writes that we have been given, a, in the Greek, a brand new, a qualitatively new young mind that never grows old. We have been given a qualitatively new young mind that never grows old. I want to speak about some of the riches of grace. I want to talk about some of our grace benefits. We have a grace benefits package through Christ. Now, you should know some of these grace benefits. If you read the book of Hebrews, if you read the letters of Paul, if you read the epistles of John and Revelation, you read the epistles of Peter, you read Jude, you read the Gospels, you read uh, the book of Acts, you will know something about your grace benefits. Now, the grace benefits are given to us by Christ are in are the result of our being made free from the ravages of sin. He has set us free. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Now, today 
these individuals in in the postmodern world are talking about electronic tattoos. Uh, There are several uh, videos out now about uh, food processing plants that have been burned down. And so uh, they want to – we have an engineered food crisis on our hands. And my word to the saints is to prepare, prepare. You're going to need water. You're going to need food. You're going to need uh, a source of energy or different sources of energy. You're going to need to buy medical supplies. You're going to need to prepare. Stop looking around at the world and what the world is doing and their benign attitude about what's going on. Remember, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, In the days of Noah, there were what? Marrying and giving in marriage. They were going about their daily lives as if nothing was going on. Uh, In spite of the morbid corruption, in spite of the the uh, incredible moral degeneracy, this is normative to whom? To those who are dead in trespasses and sins. I am amazed how saints look around at the dead or look to the dead for direction. And if you listen to their news outlets, why are you surprised, or maybe you're not, that your lives are filled with the same level of anxiety and misery that people uh, in the world experience, but they go on as if this is normative for them, and it is. So, uh, and uh, suicidal uh, ideation is on the rise. Suicide is on the rise. Uh, and we know uh, this, the, the disastrous mandates that have been put in place in order to harm and, and do excessive damage to people critical race theory, uh, having drag queens go into libraries and read to children. Uh, but if these people are, are unenlightened, they, they don't know the Lord, I'm not surprised. They partner with those who want to destroy their children, their children or to introduce their children uh, uh, to ruin. They have never read the book of Leviticus that talks about a a disease that begins deeper than the skin. That is, at first it is imperceptible, but it is there, but then it grows, it germinates, it expands until uh, the person is caught in sin. And leprosy in the book of uh, Leviticus is a type of sin. 
the person, uh, you know, the Bible talks about those that dissolve under the weight of their dis-ease. This plague, this plague that begins deeper than the skin, uh, does maximum harm and damage to the person. The person begins to break down. And so uh, I want you to get what's going on and what God offers us through Christ Jesus, maximum freedom and and, an ability to see life differently so that we don't live in fear, but we prepare. We don't have uh, a malignant anxiety because these things, these negative uh, ideas and negative attitudes break down the physiology of our bodies. Fear releases cortisol, which erodes the walls of the arteries. And then the body attempts to heal itself. Uh, it has what? Arterial placking. It is the placking that, uh, be, that sets up uh, hurt and ruin in the body. We need to exercise. We need to eat better. We need to think differently. The word of God is pivotal in mind-body medicine. The word of God is pivotal. Don't look to worldly medicine or Western medicine to say you need to go home and read your Bible. What these people have found out and and what we have uh, different studies, uh, uh, longitudinal studies have found is that people who go to church or go to temple, these people uh, live longer lives than those who do not have a connection with the divine order. They know this. But, and we have found, I did some work uh, in clinical chaplaincy that people want their doctors to discuss uh uh, their uh, spiritual matters with them. And so uh, now certain institutions or medical institutions, uh, doctors have certain forms and they take information down and certain, uh, because they're not trained uh, in these matters, uh, these things go to the chaplaincy department where the chaplain will go out and speak to a particular patient that has requested uh, such such an encounter. This is very important for people to understand. This is very important for believers because they know, the medical establishment knows that these people, uh, the people who come in uh, have a, a connection with the divine. They want God with them because being in the hospital uh, for many means a crisis situation, uh, uh, you know, is there in their lives. And so they want this powerful, meaningful uh, connection to continue. So 
Now, in we leave Isaiah, we go to the book of Proverbs, and I'm going to start. I'm going to we're going to, I'm going to read from Proverbs 16. So I'm going to start at verse 18. Proverbs 16:18. I'm going to read down. Quote: Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be lowly in spirit among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Eyes and heart are called discerning, and pleasant words promote instruction. Understanding is a fountain of life to those who have it. But fools bring punishment, but folly brings punishment to fools. So, so and folly brings a punishment to fools. Let me go on. Uh, a wise man, a wise man's heart guides his mouth, and his lips promote instruction. These are very important words. I know in the West, you won't, you know, wisdom is not a prize in the West. Uh, cognitive understanding is, but not wisdom. Cleverness is lifted up above wisdom. But wisdom is eternal. And we read this in the book of Proverbs. Uh, the Bible talks about the, the eternal nature of wisdom. So verse 22 uh, Verse 24, quote, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Now, I wrote a paper some time ago, and I talked about, the, which talked about the, uh, the, the importance of the word in the ancient Near East. And I use this particular verse, pleasant words. And so in the Hebrew, uh, it means uh, pleasant or suitable or becoming words. That is, words that have redemptive power. Not words that injure or seek to deceive. And again, I bring up... uh, the the news that that uh, people receive because they're cut off from other information and so uh, but these are suitable words these are words of redempting of redemptive power and. This is this is what God does, and those. But we we read in the ministry of Jesus, and those uh, whose lives were 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 incredibly ruined. How Jesus spoke to people, and the language he used was very simple. When he spoke with the woman at the well, he knew her background, he knew her sin, and then we. And we see the way uh, Jesus approached her, his counseling method. She tried uh, to deviate. She tried 
uh, to keep him from zeroing in on the way she was living. But uh, he said uh, to her, the man you're currently living with is not your husband. And she said, she confessed, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. And so uh, she came to confession about her need of the Lord. Now, Jesus sent away his disciples because he knew uh, that they weren't ready at this time for an encounter with a Syrophoenician woman, with a Samaritan woman, uh, I should say, with a Samaritan woman. They weren't ready for that because they had preconceived ideas that the the Lord, uh, he didn't want them in that environment. But he used language that was redempting. And so uh, we need to use language that is redemptive. Pleasant words uh, are a honeycomb, and uh, that is they're healthy. People are beaten down on every level today. And it is really difficult to find a a redemptive word, a word that heals, uh, a word that lifts up, a word that makes glad uh, the heart. Okay? But there are many people who enjoy uh, the word of ruin the word that hurts, the word that traumatizes. These people know, these evil people, wicked people may not know in full, but words have resonance. There are There is a vibrational element to words. And it is, isn't it interesting that in, the, in, in, in cosmology, that is, in the universe, words can have a negative energy or a positive energy. And think about someone you know who is an angry person and how all their words are filled with negative energy because the spirit, there's something toxic in the spirit. And the only way to rid that angry person of his or her anger is to what? They need to be cleansed. And the blood of the lamb cleanses the heart. The blood of the lamb, when the person is saved, redeems the tongue, redeems the attitude. The Bible warns don't make a friend with an angry person uh, or don't walk with an angry person uh, lest you uh, get a snare to your soul. They will ensnare you because anger is a demand. Anger is a demand. The pleasant words are a honeycomb. That is, they are food. They're sweet to the soul. And this is the redemptive nature of the word of God. 
It provides nourishment. It uh, uh, provides spiritual nutrients as a honeycomb. Was, uh, and so we need to recognize this. We need to pray that God would use us to be redemptive vessels. Redemption means to buy back. And God redeemed us not with gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ. When we were in the slave market of sin, now notice, people who want to injure with words want to keep the uh, individual enslaved. They use their tongues as a sword. Or I love the, the ancient biblical language in the book of Daniel. There's language that, that reads, uh, to, to chew to bits the Jews. To chew to bits. And so the language that, that the writer realized uh, in that ancient culture how teeth can be used uh, to, to grind down, to masticate, to cut, uh, and, and to destroy. Just think about the, the work of teeth and what they do to cut and lacerate, uh, to, to grind down, to pound, uh, to make so as to create a bolus that goes down uh, into the stomach. And then it is further broken down by the acid in the stomach. To, and that, the food molecules go out through the bloodstream. Think about teeth. And so the ancient writers zero in, zeroed in on this. And he realized and he used this language in a very profound manner. Or uh, we read about our Lord that uh, a sword went out of his mouth. And again, the language, <clears throat> uh, a sword is what? A sword is, a, is used to slay or to destroy. It is a war uh, instrument that he will use against his enemies. But notice on the cross, Jesus looked down upon those who railroaded him, who beat him, who mocked him, who spat upon him, and who pulled out his beard and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It was the language of grace in the midst of suffering. Jesus did not just faint away or fade away. We read that he said, when he, had, uh, he commended his soul, uh, he lifted up, he gave up his soul, he surrendered his soul unto the Father. It was an act of his will. He voluntarily uh, released his soul up to the Father. Jesus said, no man takes my life. Even on the cross, God was in control of those inconceivable events. God was in control. God is in control. 
So the writer goes on. Pleasant words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Now, in my paper, I wrote about this because I, I did research and I looked up documents. I wanted to see uh, some research on this. And uh, I looked up in certain medical journals what envy does to the bones, what envy does to the bone marrow, what jealousy does to the heart, what jealousy does to the bones. And jealousy and envy dissolves bone tissue. And this is amazing. So, but pleasant words are honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. The word of God is extraordinarily accurate. The word of God is filled with power because it is the word. The word will heal you, the world, the word will make you whole. And when I say whole, I mean complete. The word, the word brings those back uh, who are on the edge of death. And if you have been around people that have tried to wound you so that you will die, uh, that it, to destroy your spirit, I want you to know that is the devil. The word of God is redemptive. God has purchased us all. And that's why I stay with my Bible. My Bible is my, what? Here is, look, when you read about, uh, read about pharmacology. Read, and, you know, this is where I go for wholeness. Because believe me, the world wants to tear you down. The world wants to tear you to pieces because the world wants you to grovel and be miserable, not God. God wants your mind centered on him so that you will be healthy, so that you will be whole. You need to learn that you, uh, you and I need to learn that we are complete in Christ. Complete. Whole. That is lacking nothing. And the Bible says that God has uh, made us partakers partakers of the divine nature. This is who we are. This is our legacy. We have been made partakers of the divine nature. We have been born anew. God has given us all things new. The Bible even says we have brand new names. God has set aside those old names associated with our slavery in the world. God has given us a brand new name, a new destiny, a new mind, brand new robes, new grace benefits. Everything that we have from God is new. What does the world have that compares to it. God's going to shake to the foundation this world. And those who have trusted in their corruptible riches will see ruin. It is only temporary. 
uh, read Psalm 7. Those who dig a hole for you will fall into the hole that they have made. As a man sows, so shall he reap. God bless you, and please in the book of Proverbs. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich. Have a blessed day.